We had our Caitlin's parents evening tonight via Zoom. Our first one remotely. I think it's fair to say that it could have gone a bit better. I've been gearing up to meet Mrs Buxton for a while, ever since our Caitlin moved up to her class in September. So I knew it was coming, but that just made it worse. For months I've felt this overwhelming sense of dread and impending doom. I was less nervous waiting for my colonoscopy. The actual procedure was generally more pleasant and all. I was telling my husband Steve this the other day and he laughed at me. He said, How could you possibly compare meeting your daughter's form teacher to having an exploratory camera up your bum? I said, Wait till you meet her, Steve, cos when you do, I tell you, you'll be praying for a camera up your bum. You see, she's notorious, Mrs Buxton. Notorious for taking no prisoners. To call her bullshit would be playing it down massively. Mussolini in slingbacks would be more like it. I often used to see her when I'd pick our Caitlin up from school. She'd be there at the gates, stomping about with purpose. This great big angry-looking thing, like a yeti, only less graceful. And she'd be caterwauling at all the kids for running and playing, punishing them, basically, for being kids. And this would be in front of all the parents. None of them ever said anything, mind. I'd see them all quaking, desperately trying not to make eye contact with her. So... You can imagine how much I've been looking forward to properly meeting her, can't you? We joined the Zoom meeting at six o'clock. Mrs Buxton was sat in her lounge waiting for us. She looked a bit miffed. I said, hello Mrs Buxton, it's Debbie and Steve Linley, Caitlin's mum and dad. She said, you're late. The invitation was for 1800 hours. I pointed out that we were only one minute late and that this was due to a temperamental issue at our end. The temperamental issue being our Caitlin, who'd been hogging the laptop all afternoon watching her TikToks. I didn't tell her any of this, mind. I just blamed it all on the dicky router. So then she says... I've allocated only five minutes per parent group and as it's now 18.02, you're almost 40% into your slot. I said, then perhaps we should stop arguing the toss and just get on with it. I don't think she liked that. She glared at the camera for a bit, then made a note. Afterwards, Steve said he thought she was writing me out a detention ticket for impertinence. She then went through her itinerary for what she called the parental briefing. She said that she'd give us the headline notes on our Caitlin's progress and if there was time afterwards, we could ask questions. I asked, well, what if there wasn't time afterwards? And she said, 
In that case, you may email your questions over to me and I shall respond anon. <laughs> anon? I had to Google that word. Turns out it's posh for when I can be asked. Then she got straight into it. She said, to be frank, I'm struggling with Caitlin. I find the child to be insolent, lazy and a daydreamer. I said, can you give us a for instance? She couldn't. She just said, please save any questions for the end of the parental briefing as previously requested. Then she carried on ripping into our Caitlin. She said her maths and English were flailing, her reading skills were at best basic and that I should be taking more time to read with her. Well, I took offence at this remark because I read to Caitlin all the time. I read her funny text messages I get from my mates, if they're clean enough. I read her what's on from the telly guide and I read to her from the takeaway menu. And it's Cantonese, so she's getting some foreign language thrown in there and all. I told all this to Mrs Buxton. No reaction, unsurprisingly. Her ladyship then asked how the homeschooling had been going. Well, I looked at Steve and Steve looked at me and we got a bit flummoxed at this point. I mean, don't get me wrong, we have taken part in some of our homeschooling, like, for example, Steve will glance over at her work occasionally and I'll sit with her in an afternoon and sort of um and ah with one eye on loose women. But I wouldn't say we'd be massively involved and in all honesty, I didn't realise that we needed to be. So I told Mrs Buxton this and she gasped and she said that she was aghast by my admission. Aghast! I had to Google that one and all. It means very shocked. She said, you are supposed to be playing a very active role in your child's learning throughout the lockdown. I asked, since when? And she said, since the email went out from our head. Then I remembered that I did get an email from the head, just before Christmas, and I accidentally deleted it because it went into my spam. So I lied, obviously, and I said that I'd received absolutely no emails about homeschooling. I don't think she believed me. And this seemed to get her dander up even more. And she said that it was no wonder that our Caitlin wasn't grasping algebra if we weren't there to help her with it. I said, point taken on the chin, but to be fair, I've never actually seen the point of algebra anywhere. I said, it's bamboozling. It's like walking into a room and thinking, what have I come in here for? She said, you're mistaken. Algebra is incredibly simple. So I argued and I said, is it Eka's simple? And I told her that I knew many adults who found it a struggle. And she said, well then, that would make them intellectually on par with a Brussels sprout. I said, 
Mrs. Buxton, are you calling me a Brussels sprout? She said, I will not tell you again. Save your questions for the end of the briefing. There was a bit of a lull after the sprout remark, and I got to thinking how inappropriate she'd just been. I mean, no way am I the oversensitive type, but I don't think it's okay for a teacher to insult a parent like that. So I started wondering if I should maybe email the Ed to let her know about it. And then I started to feel a bit smug, cause really I sort of had the upper hand at this point. And I could tell that Mrs Buxton was backing down a bit, obviously now worrying that I could take her comment further. And it felt great actually. There was a definite shift of power at that moment. But then Steve went and shifted it back when he turned to me and said, You were right. I would rather have had a camera up me bum. And Mrs Buxton heard him, only not quite correctly, and she seemed to be under the impression that Steve was displaying anger by making out that he wanted to ram something up her bum. And she gasped and she said, How dare you? And Steve pointed out that she'd misheard him and that he didn't want to ram anything up her bum. And I tried to explain where the comment had come from and how I previously told Steve that a colonoscopy would be preferable to a meeting with her. And this made things worse because she really took offence to it. And then she started lecturing me on social skills and she said that it was no wonder that our Caitlin was such a devil child with parents like us. And just as she was mid-rant, Steve turned to me and he said, Beggar this for a game of soldiers. And he clicked the mouse and switched her off. And that was that. Goodbye, Mrs Buxton. And I won't lie to you, it felt great cutting her off like that. I was proper buzzing about it. But that celebratory feeling was quite short-lived because not long after, I got an email from the Ed. She said, she wants to arrange a Zoom so we can discuss our inappropriate conduct and threatening remarks to a member of her staff. I will meet her, and I will mention the Sprout remark. Two can play at tittle-tattle, Buxton. Oh yes, bring it on. Life's a Gas was written by Ben Ellis and performed by Sarah Starling.